Metal Recall, episode 23. My name is Niall Hope, and as always, I'm joined by Aaron Cascala. How's it going, bud? It's going good. We're long overdue for one of these. Certainly are. Um, well, it's your turn at the wheel for this week. So, what are we listening to, and why did you choose it? Yes, sir. Uh, we're listening to <clears throat> the album Endless Light by the band Oh Brother. Uh, it's their third studio album, released in 2016. And I'll just come out and be honest, I don't have a clue how I even heard about this album. Uh, was it Matt Brown? Let's just throw it, was it Matt Brown? It was Matt Brown. Yeah, right, I'm pretty sure it's Matt Brown. There he is. He's, he always pops up somehow. Shout out to Matt Brown, one of our friends, friend of the podcast. And uh, yeah, I remember um, we used to have our little group at Pearl Fisher, the uh, Headbangers Ball, where we'd share a few... It was it was a bit of a it was a revolving it was like me and you were the constants then it was a revolving like door of other people that were yeah, popping in, in and out and Matt, Matt Brown put forward Oh Brother as a as an album that we needed to check out because before that I had no idea who these guys were to be honest and I don't follow them too intently I know they've put something out last last year which I don't know whether you listened to at all but no I mean I'm. I'm... Yeah, I'm guilty of not really, like a lot of these albums, sometimes I just, when something pops in and out of my world, I may not ever go back and listen to the earlier stuff or the later stuff, but I, I have dabbled in some of the new stuff, but it just, it just doesn't compare to this album is, yeah, we'll get into it, but this album is, is unique uh, in that sense, but uh, shout out to Matt Brown, yeah, uh, here we are, thanks Matt. <laughs> And um, what was it about this album, I guess, that made you think this would be a good one for me and you to discuss? Um, I think it's an absolute masterpiece. I think it's a gem. Um, without, without revealing too much too early, it's, um, it's, it's, it's got, <clears throat> again, we use this all the time, it's got dynamic range, but it does something, it does something that, I haven't really heard many other metal albums do is that it's heavy without being dense mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which adds to uh, another adjective I'll use later on is how hollow and, and again just dreadful atmospheric dissonance just hollow emptiness uh, which just is part of heavy metal you know some might argue if this is even a heavy metal album but um, they compare it to indie rock, post-hardcore, rock sludge, experimental metal, rock, etc. But uh, I'm gonna just I'm just gonna apply an overall feeling to this album. It feels like heavy metal to me. It feels heavy, and it and that's why we have to review this because it's it's heavy without being dense. And most of the albums that I know that I pick that we've done on this podcast are just layered and layered and dense and this one is i'm not gonna say minimal but it's it's not dense at all mm -hmm. there's a lot of empty space yeah no too right and and actually i mean you've touched on something that i was going to ask you and that was is this even considered metal um and i only i only asked that question after reading up a little bit about the band which you'll go through in a second but like you said, the genres associated with Oh Brother, they don't scream metal. They kind of, they're kind of post-rock, whatever post 
means i'm never quite sure um but i think like you said the feeling that you get from this album it's heavy it's heavy without it it's not heavy guitars it's not like heavy screaming it's not a lot of the things you would traditionally associate with bml but the feeling that you get from the album to me makes it feel kind of metal in a way if that makes sense yeah 100 percent. i um i've got a whole laundry list of adjectives and if anything it's appropriate for for the month of october because it, it it it's a haunting album it feels very it just feels daunting evil and hollow um I just, I always, every time we do one of these podcasts, I just do a stream of conscious bit at the very beginning before I get into anything, the, the year, the history, the band. Uh, they're dark, the lyrics are misanthropic, end of times theme, post-apocalyptic, haunting, the the vocals are very ghost-like and, and hollow, yet it still feels melodic. Um, all kinds of people point to uh, his vocals sounding almost identical to Jeff Buckley, which... Yeah, it's uncanny. It's uncanny. The guy's got a sweet, sweet, beautiful voice, but when you apply it to the to the instrumentals of this band, it sounds haunting and just... It's just... The eerie guitars create like a dystopian dissonance, a dreadful atmosphere. Uh, what is it? The drumming's very slow and tribal, almost, mm-hmm. almost like a battle song. Uh, the bass is really prominent and thick. Um, and I picked up on on the on a re-listen today, hints of pianos and organs. Um, mm, interesting. And then the other thing that they do very well throughout the whole album is uh, use of crescendo. They build and build, and the crescendos are timed just right. And so this 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 album for me pulls out all the feels. It's it moves you emotionally. It's a powerful album. Um, and the theme is just great. It's it's yeah. it's a classic yin and yang, light and dark. Don't don't let the, the the title fool you. Endless light, because we'll get into it later. You can't have the light without the dark. Can I just show you quickly my notes? The last the last one in that first section there. Light side, <laughs> light side, dark side. Appeals to Aaron. <laughs> yeah. So I am. Um, when I was. Uh, because we've been familiar with this album for a number of years. I mean, it's been a while since we worked with Matt Brown, so it's been on the radar for a long time. But when I was listening to it back, especially diving into the lyrics, which we'll get to, but I was thinking to myself, like, trying to anticipate why you would have thought this was a good album to choose. And Mm -hmm. then I just, going through the content, having the feel of the music, I just knew that one of the reasons why it would have appealed to you is because it is, it does seem to be kind of about embracing the dark sides and, you know, and, 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 and maybe having a slightly optimistic viewpoint as well to counteract that. But also I was kind of reminded of, I was reminded of besides Jeff Buckley, which is, is uncanny. It's in the vocals. Um, I was reminded of, the feeling that I got from when we listened to the, and we did the Junius album, Reports yeah. from the Threshold of Death. Yes. Certainly kind of in the feel of the music, the kind of the content or whether or not there is a concept, which I think we'll talk about in a bit. Mm-hmm. But I also was reminded of um, Thrice a little bit 
but uh, especially sort of post 2009 onwards. I used to be a big fan of Thrice. Um, I just discovered them maybe two or three years ago. Yeah, I was a, I was more of a fan of their earlier stuff that was a little heavier, a bit more punky. Mm. Um, and then they kind of developed a real sort of dark attitude in, in some of their songwriting. And then I was... Um, I guess I was kind of felt a little bit justified in my feelings because then I'd seen that Oh Brother toured with both Thrice and Junius. So obviously those connections yeah. were were quite um, quite accurate. Would have loved to have seen that show. Oh, for sure. Well, um, we both discussed this before. There's not a lot to go on when you're looking for um, information on the band, but if you wouldn't mind, just give us a little bit of a a background on these guys and and what they're all about sure uh, I'm just jumping off the Wikipedia Oh Brother is an American rock band from Atlanta Georgia after releasing their debut EP in comparison to me in 2006 Aaron Womack and Tanner Merritt joined the band in 2008 they did a few more EPs um, they released some vinyl splits um, it doesn't really talk too much about, it just talks about the, the EPs and splits that they released, but then <clears throat> I guess what's unique about this album is is that it was, um, was co-produced with another band called Manchester Orchestra, which I really want to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they, that's, that's pretty much... All I can find on 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 Wikipedia now, the um, I think if you get into some of the reviews, I think there's some local reviews out of Atlanta that talk more about the band being more post hardcore indie rock, mm-hmm. and there's there's really nothing to to go on about them being any even talking them about being a metal band. No. So again, the only place you see the word metal that I'm seeing now on Wikipedia is sludge metal. Um, I don't even really. I mean, maybe that's in some of their earlier stuff. It's. I don't think sludge is really prominent in this release. Yeah. Um, and then they've got. Um, as far as the members, the current members are uh, Tanner Merritt doing the lead vocals of guitar. It looks like there's two brothers, Johnny Dang and Anton Dang, playing guitar and bass. Jordan McGinn plays guitar, and Michael Martins is on the drums. And so they have uh, Garden Window in 2011, Disillusion in 2013, Endless Light in 2016, and then You and I uh, just came out in 2020. Yeah, the um, you, you touched on the reviews before, and I, I, I would like to read something out um, from one of the reviews in a bit, but I did uh, pick up on one of the reviews uh, from uh, Sputnik, um, Sputnik Music saying that the band were almost undefinable, which uh. I thought was quite. Although we've said that there's obviously influences and like we've picked up on certain things, they do have something quite unique about them that I couldn't really fully accurately say. If you like these guys, you'll like these guys, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if you go into this on their Spotify page where they have an about section, they have. And, and I figure this is kind of written in a, um, in collaboration with the brand, the band. This is how they kind of describe some of the sound. 
with a mix of the exploratory and the thunderously heavy Atlanta Georgia's old brother make post-rock with serious mood swings. Yes. <laughs> Working in the vein of bands like Sigur Ross, True Widow and Mogwai, their sound is a full exploration of the quiet slash loud dynamic drifting languidly between ethereal atmospherics and shoegaze-influenced walls of sound. I think that's kind of yeah. accurate to how you might, although Sputnik said they were undefinable. It's interesting to be thinking about a metal band or, you know, quote-unquote metal band, uh, post-rock band, uh, that kind of operate in the Sigur Ross Mogwai kind of atmospheric space. Yeah, but they nailed it with wall of sound because that's, I mean, you want, it, you, you want that in a metal band. Yeah, and that's kind of, that's what I thought the kind of junius, kind of shoegazy kind of vibe yeah. was coming through. No, 100%. Um, that's dead on. So, you mentioned that um, this was released in 2016. Actually, before I go there, I might as well just, obviously we're here to uh, review Endless, Endless Light. Um, and I mentioned that I'd read a few things from reviews um, and I'm, I'm not sure if you have anything on this as well. Um, yeah, but I've got quite a bit on reviews. Generally pretty good um, mm -hmm. from what I can see. I, I just wanted to, I, I wanted to call out three and just read a little bit from a couple of them um, and then I'll let you take over with anything that you've got. But um, I mentioned Sputnik Music. Uh, they gave this guy uh, a 4.5 out of mm -hmm. 5. Superb. They call it, and the one the one thing I wanted to read out was just a, a small paragraph within the Sputnik Music um, article, and it's talking about how incredible the lead singer Tanit Merritt's voice is, and more to the fact that um, they it says in this review on the eponymous track "Endless Light," Merritt shifts to a crisp, delicate tenor as the rest of the band seemingly backs off only providing the necessary atmosphere and instrumentation to carry the song along. It goes on to say, that's no knock against the band either. It's reputable, in fact. It takes a certain degree of skill and confidence to know when to back off and when to give it your all, and it's clear they have both of those in spades. Mm. And I thought that was really telling because we'll get into our thoughts on the album later, but all of the music in this album guitars, bass, drums, any additional instrumentation, I think is completely in service to the, the, the melody, the message. Um, and that is such, a, is such an interesting observation that they do back off and allow the lead singer to carry this through. And it does feel like a very, very personal album because yeah. of that. And yeah. uh, I think that's a really interesting, interesting way to take it. Um, now you mentioned Bring the Noise UK, which was good. Um, Metal Revolution, another um, review that I read, 90%. Yeah. So obviously continuing the, um, the, uh, the, the stream of, of, great, of, of great reviews. And um, Bring the Noise UK, I think, gave it a 7.5 out of, out of 10. And one of the things that they said towards the end was that, um, oh no, the uh, one thing I wanted to read out from here was that this kind of came directly from the lead singer, Tanner Merritt. Yeah. He said, in the run-up to the album's release, vocalist Tanner Merritt said that the band had been obsessed with the use of empty space, which is something that you yep. mentioned, as an instrument, deliberately cutting parts they didn't feel were necessary, 
rather than piling them up on top of each other to create as much noise as possible. And I think that's, again, we'll get into this in more detail later, but I think that is so, like, that's such an interesting take and something that I think is ultimately so rewarding for the album that this doesn't feel like an overly complex album. No. And in fact, the songs are really, really short. Like, the majority of songs are clocking in around about four minutes. Mm -hmm. um, and what they do with so little is yeah. really impressive. And they're not, like, trying to... Like, this album feels epic without a song besides the yes. last one having to be seven-plus minutes or something yeah. like that. Was there anything you wanted to touch on in reviews? Or is that kind of... No, I had, this, I had similar notes. Um, I, <clears throat> if anything, it was... Um... That was my first one from Bring the Noise uh, and how they were able to, uh, well, like you said, they were obsessed with the empty space, but they were um, still a still somehow able to create the dark brooding atmosphere that permeates the whole album while also allowing each track space to breathe. Um, you said Metal Revolution. I, I just took the final words from that review, rewarding on all levels. And then I even took a deep dive into Amazon where Jay Taylor Harris, if you're out there somewhere, he gave it five out of five stars, and he said, quality through and through. Oh, brother is one of those bands that force you to do an audio double take every so often, asking yourself, can they really be this good? They are. Endless Light is an, is an easy best of 2016 for me, with flawless production, seamless flow, and hard-hitting lyrical content woven through powerful vocal performances. This album is a rare full package of quality. Well said. No. I think we'll end the podcast there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to um, the year that this came out, 2016. I've got a few notes. Well, more than a few because there's Have quite a lot. Have we done 2016 lot. before? No, I, th I think besides our Pandemics podcast, which we didn't go into as much. It's Pandy podcast. The Pandy podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Simon. Um, we didn't go into any detail in that one uh, like we normally do, but I think this is the most recent year that we've tackled, maybe. Really? Pretty sure. Yeah. I can't remember going much further on, nothing within like the last five years anyway, so um, 2016. I'll go through a few things if, I, if you spot anything that I miss out, because there's mm -hmm. a lot in here, just throw it in there. I'll start with bands that were disbanded. Or at least one that was disbanded that I, I care about, and that is Bolt Thrower, a recent find of mine. I mentioned uh, that it's always sad when you get into a band and realize they're no longer going. They disbanded this year, um, and then kind of into a few more events that happened. Um, Black Sabbath announced they will embark on their final tour. Mm. Um, I did hear rumors that they might record again so you know how these things happen scratch, like, yeah. these retirement tours never end up being retirement tours do they um but then on april 16th and april 23rd guns and roses reunited with slash and duff mckagan for coachella and they're back together now uh releasing music and and um touring as we speak um some unfortunate deaths this year as well always sad to read these out but uh nick menza who was a former drummer of, of Megadeth, died from heart failure at the age of 51. Um, 
Brandon Farrell, also a drummer of former drummer of Municipal Waste, died, and um, Tom Searle, who was a guitarist for Architects, died of cancer at the age of twenty eight. Jesus, which isn't isn't nice. Um, but notable releases that stood out to me from this year, obviously, just mentioned Black Sabbath reuniting for their tour. They put out an EP called The End. Megadeth uh, released Dystopia, which I think brought them a Grammy. Good for them. Um, Rot in Christ, this one's for you and Simon, um, released Rituals. Nice. Anthrax released For All Kings. Just making my way down here. Killswitch Engage released Incarnate. Amon Amarth released Joms Viking. Are you familiar with that one? I I can't keep up with those guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got my, I got my favorites by them, but yeah, they're they're just cranking out the the Viking jams. Deftones released an album this year called Gore, which I'm not very familiar with. Uh-huh. Um, I, I've been kind of in and out with those guys for for pretty much the entire time I've been listening to music, but. Um, Rob Zombie released a very typical Rob Zombie sounding album, the Electric Warlord Acid Witch Satanic Orgy Celebration Dispenser. (laughs) Um, Architects released All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us. Death Angel released The Evil Divide. Um, Band that I'm into, um, Volbeat, they released Seal the Deal and Let's Boogie. Um, and then probably the biggest one from this year for... Props to you for introducing me to, to Architect, because that album's a flippin' masterpiece. Oh, well. I, don't, I don't think that was me that introduced... No? Uh, uh, would your com- brother? It would have come from my brother. Like, I think it was your brother, yeah. Pretty much any album that I choose here was, uh, yep. was introduced to me by Dom. You don't know what's good. I don't know what's good. <laughs> um, but probably the biggest one for you this year, um, Gojira released Magma. Horrible. <laughs> absolute garbage yeah shout out to our friend Simon for subjecting us to Infant Annihilator but they released the Elysian Grand Evil Galeriarch mm-hmm. this year will never be the same no not after um, <laughs> about eight viewings of that video which uh, has left me scarred <laughs> even though we keep telling him that we don't want to watch it Hey, uh, shout out to Simon for that one. Um, Trap Them released Crown Feral. Yep. Another band that we've reviewed. Might have been their last album, yeah. Oh, yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah. Opeth released Sorceress. I remember when we did our top five of the decade. That yeah. was on Christian's list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suicidal Tendencies released World Gone Mad. Lots of releases this year. Another one for you here. Um, Car Bomb yes. released Meta. Yes. I'm pretty sure you would say is a Christ, it's been that long? Yeah. <sighs> so good. Um, one of my faves, Testament, released Brotherhood of the Snake. Two more, In Flames released Battles. And the biggest one for me this year, Metallica released Hardwired to Self-Destruct. Nice. Yeah, so big year. Gojira, the biggest one for you that year, mate? Oh, 100%, easily. Um, despite... Despite being more, <clears throat> not that we're reviewing Gojira, despite being a little more commercial than, than their older stuff, uh, I mean, Magma is, you know, they're, they were at their high point. So, yeah, 100%. This must be 
This and was... I think I saw him perform three times that year. Well, you saw them once with me. Like, yeah. We went to see them at Brooklyn, Brooklyn Steel. Steel. Because this was the... Uh, this My girlfriend the... got a concussion in the basement of Webster Hall oh, when they filmed a video. A light got knocked off the ceiling. That show was ridiculous. And then I think I saw them at... Uh, where is it? On the west side. Um, uh, <clears throat> Brooklyn Steel, Webster Hall. And then what's on the west side? I saw Iggy Pop there. Um, Terminal 5? Terminal 5, yep. Yeah, this was, 2016 was the year that I came to America. Um, and then I think Gojira was probably the first the first metal show that I saw over here. Because if you recall, we also went to see Craig David at Terminal 5. <laughs> <laughs> probably shouldn't admit that on the podcast, but... It's falling off the rails. <laughs> Cut. Good times, good times. Everyone's like, who's Craig David? Who's Craig David? Look it up. Yeah. What's your flavour? Let's, little sideways step, let's talk about the artwork before we get into our thoughts on mm -hmm. the album. Um, interesting piece. Um, I'll kick it over to you uh, just to kind of kind of talk us through it a little bit from how you interpret it anyway. Yeah, I guess... I guess the way I interpret it is, I, I like to, again, I, I'm a, a lover of paradox and juxtaposition. And so for an album called Endless Light, it's mostly white, but within this triangular uh, icon, which sometimes, I don't know, I don't know why it's a triangle. I don't know if it's a pyramid. I don't know if it's considered some sort of sacred art, but mm -hmm. emanating out of that circle is uh, what looks like a like a black hole it's 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 very a la uh architects uh that that album covers well same album i mean same, same year. year yeah um and so <clears throat> black hole abyss a whole swirling thing going on i think it's just i think it's perfect for this album because it's 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 clean it's minimal uh it's got the light element on the background being stark white but what you're looking into is is a black hole, which, you know, for whatever reason, who knows what the album's really about, but it's definitely personal and deals with the dark side. It's just, it's just a a nice visual uh, representation of that dichotomy of light and dark. So it's clean, it's simple. Um, I think it's sick. Yeah, I think it's great. It's um, it looked great on a t-shirt. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, I I interpreted the same way as same way as you. It's that kind of, it feels like something that's swirling, drawing you in, but there is the light in the middle of the dark. Because um, architects was like, uh, it was I think it was like an eclipse. Yeah, like, like more like an like thing. more like an eclipse. Yeah. More stark. Whereas this is like it's sucking light in, but there's there's still light in the dark, and it's just more overlapping. Yeah. I, I was trying to read into the triangle myself as well, and nothing really came to mind, um, other than it just looks cool and it has that nice yeah. contrast and that juxtaposition with the, the background. I'm not quite sure how this Could has been. Could be a genius influence, because they use a lot of sacred mathematical shapes and artwork. Well, you know, the one thing that I did think was, is it got, is it, is it anything to do with... Um, 
You know, on a on a dollar bill, they have the pyramid right. and they have the eye in the center of the triangle. It's almost like could be interpreted like there is an eye in there, but a I might C- be reading too much. A C O N spiracy. I think that's actually you know what I like about it, and what I kind of like about this album is that you know you can identify bigger themes, but I think there's a little bit of you kind of interpret things the way that you want to interpret them so i might be like looking for things that don't exist here and it's just hey this looks cool yeah um but i think it's i think it's cool i think it's fitting for the album um and i'd uh i'd give it a seven out of ten myself mate yeah seven out of ten i agree perfect all right should we crack on with um with our thoughts on the album then. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I'll kick it over to you first. You've already mentioned um, a little bit about, I know how you're gonna feel about this album and why you chose it, but what are, I guess, what is the highlights? What are the things that really hook you into this album? Um, <clears throat> hands down, it's definitely the vocals, I think. Well, it's it's twofold. It's not it's not just just the vocals. It's the again someone that relishes in paradox um, uh, and just embraces both sides of the story, so to speak. The 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 beautiful Jeff Buckley esque lullaby vocals contrasted with this doomy, sludgy, dissonant instrumentals. I mean. Um, Hell, I, it kind of reminds me, completely different genre, but it reminds me of the um, the Acacia Strain album, album Slow Decay. Mm-hmm. There's always something eerie going on in the background with the, with the guitarist. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not a musician, but you get your lead guitar and then your... Rhythm. Rhythm. So someone's holding the rhythm, but then there's somebody in the background just playing this eerie, dissonant tone that just never lets you get comfortable throughout the whole song. Yep. And that's what brings the haunting element. That's why I think that that this album, the Acacia Strain album, Slow Decay, they could be great for like a horror soundtrack. It's just oh, something eerie going on, but um, it's not, it's not, yeah, it's just, um, again, it's the contrast of these, these, these ghost-like hollow vocals with these these eerie, dissonant, dreadful guitar tones and sounds, and then the, the, again the drumming, uh, it's just slow and tribal. Um, there's not a lot of fills. No. Not busy. Not a lot of busy going on. But he's 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 hitting them hard, and it's just it's just tribal and battle like you're going into battle, and uh, every song, in my most most of the album encapsulates all of that in each track and it just it's got a nice intro middle section great breakdowns a build and a crescendo and then it just kind of ends nice and and it's and it's just done there's yeah. nothing nothing too uh overly fantastic well we we kind of touched on this in you know while we were talking out the reviews as well um i think that there is like that review said, there is in, there is a lot of um, merit 
in playing with such restraint like you said there's no fills on the drums there's no guitar solos there's no showing off yeah but that doesn't mean that this isn't technically as excellent as a band that, that does all that kind of stuff like you're not going to go see this band and they're going to do like a and have like a drum solo section <laughs> and, and a, and a, and a, a no, well you know, said. yeah it's it's all about everything works in harmony and yes the vocals i think are the champion they're cha- the, they champion the vocals for sure it's the standout part of this album for me as well uh just like you said i think that's a total triumph i think that the um like the highs that the melodies like the emotion and, and the weight like that is yeah. is communicated is uh is really what's what's really at the core and and I said this before, but the the rest of the musicianship is is all in service to that overall melody, even when there's parts when there is no vocals, which are few and far between, because we talked about how how short the songs are and how like um you know economical they are with their time. Yeah. Um even when the guitars do break away, it's to play like a melody that just kind of furthers the track. And I, I love the fact that they, you think about a lot of albums and you think about if you were in a band, you'd be like, oh, what's the opener on the right. album? What's the track that's going to get everybody like kicked off? And they go for one of the slowest songs on the album to start yeah. and one of the slowest songs on the album to finish. And yeah. it really bookends it nicely, but it also acts as like a kind of you know what you're going to be in for once they sort of kick off with Slow Sin, which I think mm-hmm. is just a moody, brooding, um, just... Uh, moody and broody. Oh, moody and broody, yeah. just, just to kick things off. And I think, you know, just it creates, it creates a feeling that this album just continues throughout the rest of it. Yeah, well said. I wanted to ask you a question, um, and it's, it's related to the vocals. And I'm I'm sure like me you've you've dug into the lyrics. Mm-hmm. I I enjoyed this album before I knew what was being said, and I enjoy it even more after. Same. Um, do you think it's a concept album? I do. Why? Um. We've already talked about the themes, but is there a narrative? Uh. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah. Um. Concept versus theme, isn't that the, kind of the same thing? No, well, I think it's the same thing. I think it's it, you know, it's is it? It's light and dark in juxtaposition because, I mean, I'll, I'll just jump the gun here. Uh, and I, I think it's brilliant that you said that it's bookended by by a two slow songs because my three favorite songs are right down the middle six six seven and an eight. Um, but I'll just give you a taste for, 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 for the, what I think is part of the concept of theme, which is light and dark and juxtaposition. I mean, even in the lyrical content, he says at the beginning of Bloodlines, uh, I want to see what you are and I want to, and I just want to watch you crawl. It's true. I'll trade a loss for a gain. It's true. I will delight in your pain. But at the end of the song where it really builds and explodes, it's, it's, it's almost heartfelt. He says, "In truth, in life, in death, in light, in time, I will be with you." So it's like, through thick and thin, through light and dark, uh, 
I don't know if this is about a relationship, whether it's a lover or a friend, but that's just life. There's give and take. You might you might let somebody down. You might let a friend down. You might fuck with your lover subconsciously because that's what you do in relationships. You might, it might, you know, for better or for worse, uh, ups and downs, uh, that's what's going to happen. But, uh, but then contrary to uh, delighting in someone else's pain, another lyric in that song, he's talking about, <laughs> he'll always be, we'll always be together. So, I mean, who knows what it really means, but every song is full of those contradictions and juxtapositions, which, again, is just one of my favorite things about just metal and life in general. I'm going to go, I'm going to tell you what I started to pick up on this morning when I was listening to it, and I might go out on a total whim, on a, on a limb, rather, yeah. here, and I don't know anything about what they were trying to communicate i don't know anything about the lead singer's journey i think this is a really personal album um yeah because oh, bloodline bloodlines the song i'm talking about that that could be referring to his someone in his family right yeah so i i think that sort of i think it's a concept album of sorts because i think the theme of like that juxtaposition of the light and the dark to me, this feels like a, it's almost like a therapy session, Yeah. this album. It's somebody seemingly accepting, having a slightly nihilistic view of where they are in their life throughout mm -hmm. a lot of it, but then towards the end, potentially kind of wanting to fix that. Yep. So, and, and, and I said, I say therapy because you're probably familiar with this as well, because I know you're keen on this kind of thing. Complicate, complicated End Times, which is the fourth track. Mm -hmm. On the chorus he says, time to breathe and realign my ego and me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you've ever watched any show or film that deals with therapy, one of the things that they talk about is breaking down your ego and being able to put yourself back together. Yeah. Now, There's a lot of that in this album, yeah. I started to read a little bit deeper and I start I started to think is there two things going on is he hitting rock bottom is it is it about is there a bit of about drug addiction in here that has brought somebody to that yeah frame of mind you look at slow thin uh, slow sin the first one that's it there's uh, waiting in line for a chemical to fix it mm-hmm um, and then in bloodlines I believe um, so now the chemistry is running out. I saw it trickle from the corners of your fickle mouth. Mm -hmm. Then I'm starting to think, this isn't just about one person. Yeah. Is this like a destructive relationship as well? Um, because that kind of goes into, like, at the end, like you said, in, in truth, in life, in death, in, uh, sorry, in death, in light, in time, I will be with you. It almost feels like there's somebody else. And actually, the one I wanted to talk about was, the tenth track, the penultimate one, I am become yeah, death. Yeah. And so it's, good. No, you're never alone. You see it all wrong. I'm gonna rise up and carry you home. So there's a I am the drug in your veins. Like there's there's other times that kinda of comes out that I don't know, it I might be completely reaching for something that isn't there. But I quite like that about this album because once uh, in again endless endless light number seven enter my blood and raise me up mm -hmm. like i don't know i mean you could read that as somebody is yeah somebody is you know is is taking something that's going to make them feel better um so 
I kind of, I, I, like I said, I really enjoyed the album before I knew what was going on, before I read the lyrics, and then going into the lyrics, which I think actually, we, we talk about this quite a lot, mm-hmm. when somebody, you can identify what they're talking about, but they write it in, like, they give you enough room to kind of interpret it the way you want. It's not... I like, think the lyrical... I think the lyrics are, are, are really well written. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, I think it does... Again, it, that's it's what's another thing that's so perfect about this album is, to your point, he, it's not literal, but he gives... There's enough information to give you a pretty good idea to, to go off of. So Yeah. Versus some stuff we've read where we're just like, I don't have a fucking clue what this guy's talking about. Yeah, so yeah. They strung together a few words. Yeah. But I don't um, know what the hell he's talking about. Well, you, you either have that or you have the um, what we encountered when we did uh, Formation of Damnation by a Testament, where it's like <laughs> literally like referencing September 11th and like it was obviously yeah, like, literal. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Singing a yeah. news report. No, this was poetry. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be honest. This, this is straight up and down. This is well written poetry. Uh, and, and I mean, yeah, and he delivers it. His vocals are just fantastic. So it's, I mean, just reading the lyrics and, and, and when you get to certain words and parts of these lyrics on paper, you, and you know, the song where it builds, it's just, it's perfect. Yeah. There's so many, like, I think so many of the, the melody parts that, um, that, that are hit in this album are great like and just starting with that first track slow sin um the last line when you are light you are time you are endless is just a really again that kind of goes um hand in hand with this idea that the album starts with almost like the perfect opener for this type of album it just kind of leaves you just understanding where you're going to go and and like you said it's just written so well i think so you mentioned that um your your favorites were bloodlines endless light and black hole yeah did you find it like me find it quite hard to pick a favorite track 100 percent. so i think that's something i i like i like the whole album um start to finish there's no doubt about that, but um, six, seven, eight. I think those right down the middle are those are three songs that are just that just nail uh, nail it on the head. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. There's just so much depth to the lyrics and and how to interpret them. I mean. I mean, Endless Light, the, the, the title track. Oh, you drift through night, I watched you crumble and be reborn. Oh, you Endless Light, a burning arrow, so hurry home. To me, I, I read that, I'm like, the light is gone during the night, and it, and it crumbles because of night, but then you know it's it's, it's endless. It's You know the sun will rise, so it's like waiting to the next morning. It's like, yeah. this could be an allegory for, you know... Uh, a rebirth, finding yourself again after addiction Definitely. or alcoholism or a breakup or whatever. Uh, you know, if you if you get your mind right, you can always reinvent yourself. 
Mm-hmm. There's a there's a uh, what is it in the Jewish faith? There's a quote: it does, "It's never too late to reinvent yourself." Mm. Uh, plain and simple. And so, whether you apply that to the fact that the sun's going to rise every day uh, and you want to start new, uh, this this album is just packed full of allegories like that. It's. It's so true. I mean, I'm glad that you picked out Endless Light because that was one that um, was a highlight for me as well. And I just think the the chorus melody, I won't slowly fade into something else. Like, I thought that I could change. I was clearly wrong. Like, I just think that, that like you said, there's so many different ways to read into that, but the melody, mm-hmm. like, it really sticks in your head. And it's one of the sort of slower tracks on the album. Not that, yeah, it is. Not that anything's particularly like up tempo um he, he he does some screaming at the end he he's he's shouting at the end of that song though that that one is fantastic but you know i i find this when every time we talk about an album that is similar to this kind of feeling mm-hmm. it's hard to pick one song to highlight because it almost the album needs to be enjoyed like as one long thing we say this every time like, yeah. it was the same with Junius it's like it's a journey oh, 100%. And, and there's like it's it's cinematic like there's like scenes maybe that you kind of think are great scenes but it kind of all works in tandem um, I don't have a favorite now you can't you can't get me to pick one no and it's, I seriously it's it's six seven eight it's bloodlines endless light black hole I um I thought I, 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 was, I become I am I am become death is close. I was gonna say that I thought that was gonna I mean, be your he, favorite. He's commanding on that song, like his 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 cadence, and the way he commands that song is different from the entire album. That's really good. That one. That's one of my favorites too. And that that one again, paradoxical. If you read the lyrics, the way I interpret it is like, it's like that expression. You can count on death and taxes, and he's like, I'm death. You need to trust me. I'm always gonna be here. Because we're all gonna fucking die, but the, the the lyrical the way he writes it, it's like he embraces it. It's like yeah, it is what it is, um, and it's it's written from from death's point of view, which is so fucking creepy. But you know, going back to what we were saying about like the concept or the themes, if you think about that, it's like it comes at the end. It comes. It's well. It's just yeah. before the end. Yeah. It, yeah, it, yeah like yeah. that's the realization. Yeah. Like that's the scary moment. But then, realm of the physical, which was the last track, is. You're right, dude. You're 100 percent right. The, yes. The, this the, was. This album's too good not to be planned that way. The first line. Yeah. There is a time and a place for fantasy. It's coming to an end, which is kind of like. Yeah. That's okay. To, like. Let's let's say yeah. we think yeah. this is about drug addiction. That's like it's time to pull your shit together, dude. Otherwise, yeah. you know, time is leaking in. So it says. Yeah. Um, my uh, beyond uh, my favorite, I think, if I you know, gun to my head, I had to pick one. And again, it's like it's as fine as a cigarette paper, as they say between the tracks. I think it would be black hole. Mm. Um, because I, I agree with you. I think that run of the middle tracks mm-hmm. is like where one after another is just like there's a hook in every single one of them. But I think Black Hole for me was probably probably my favorite just because I think that the chorus and just 
it kind of just takes it to a, takes it to another level. Um, there's like the pre-chorus um, where he says, uh, "I was wrong to pretend this wasn't happening yet. Yeah. I was wrong to bury my head," which is amazing. And then I think what maybe you might describe as a chorus: "You lead me into the night, and I will follow you down." Yeah. There's a black hole at the end of the tunnel. That's like, yeah, that's just like black holes I just it's, yeah. it's so apt for that song it's just really kind of drawn you in and like it's like the depth an the echo depth trying to reach you a fool's hope at the end of the tunnel <laughs> yeah yeah dude it's um it's definitely you know what's what's kind of interesting is that um despite the fact it's it's called it is it, it goes back to that um juxtaposition like you said it's called Endless Light, yet it's so bleak. Like this whole album, if you read into it, it's so bleak, and yet it doesn't sound so bleak. It's not, it doesn't seem depressing. It's kind of like, again, right. I, I keep going back to it. It's kind of like reports from the threshold of death. It's like there's there's an element that it feels uplifting, right? Weirdly, um, but it's. Uh, it definitely is a, a bleak album in terms of the con like the, yeah. the context, the content. But that's that's again, that's yeah. No, you're you're hundred percent right. It's just it's another reason I love this album because I I listen to it in its entirety almost all almost every time I listen to it in its entirety every like two or three months and uh, I think I've definitely dove and taken a dive into the lyrics but never. Uh, fully like I, I did today for for the review and so again if anything it's just it's just more to look forward to in reinterpreting the lyrics every time I listen to it so if you were being critical is there anything that you think is less than successful about this album no interesting well then let me play devil's advocate Coming yeah, from the other I mean, side. someone's got to. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess. Yeah, let me let me think about it. But you go ahead. I'll think about it. I think that it's the same. It's the same thing with. Um, I think one of its biggest strengths. Maybe is, some same same like Junius. Yeah. yeah, I think one of its biggest strengths is one of its biggest weaknesses as well. That when you're that familiar with the concept, mm -hmm. it can feel a bit repetitive at times, and. I think there's at least half of the album leads a lot of the melodies with I. <laughs> like if, if you if you listen back, if yeah. you listen back, ah, yeah, yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. In, in quite a lot of the tracks, and you can, I, I to be honest, like I will con contradict that, uh, or at least counter that point by saying. I don't feel like the music, like the songs sound the same. Like, I think there's no, enough I've, interest. I've caught, myself, I've caught myself as well. I'm like, this is so good. And there's a continual theme, both lyrically, instrumentally. It's consistent. Yeah. But is it same, same? I don't, maybe, maybe you called out the whole I bit, but if it is a, uh, a reflective piece, you're gonna be referring happen. to I a lot, but yeah. Well, that's that's why I said like it's a it's a it's a huge strength. Yeah. 
that it is so personal and that it, it there is such a consistent theme but it's also it it could detract because you you, you it, there's not a lot of variety let's right. say in in the subject matter but that's an intentional choice so like you can't be too critical it's just if you yeah, want it's a to good thing be, the album wasn't too long and that's yes absolutely and that's what i've got written down here the song christ because if it went on forever <laughs> we'd and, be saying something entirely different right now and and i remember feeling the same way about junius like the it did it did drag at times junius can drag yes Whereas this is, I mean, this is 50 minutes. Like, I think that's around almost yeah. a perfect time 40, for an 45, album. 45, yeah. And um, the songs are short enough. They're also quite different from one another. It's just that you can pick up on the themes and... And their wall of sound yeah. isn't as big as Junius. They're exactly. a big, They're a much bigger wall of sound. And yeah, just just go back and read the lyrics and see how many times the I I, I got up. I got three, <laughs> my three songs in front of me, I, I... I, I mean, it's in the I, chorus I, as well, I, man. Yeah. It's like, it's the choruses as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the tracks is called I Am, so there you go. Yeah. Um, so I think that would be, that would be the one thing that I would sort of say, and maybe because of the nature of the album, it's not as um, accessible in, right. in, in a sense. Um, but I mean... Those are kind of more minor critiques, yeah. to be honest. All right, dude. Well, wrap it up for us. Any last thoughts? And what's your rating out of 10 for this bad boy? Uh, this one gets a... This is tough. I'm somewhere between <laughs> a 9 and a perfect 10. I just, oh, wow. Yeah, I think... Holy shit, dude. I just think... I just think whatever, whatever they try to do in this album, they're absolutely... 100 almost 100 percent successful and so um as someone that uh again thrives on change appreciates you know juxtaposition and, and dichotomies they 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 could have they could have add a little more spice maybe, maybe more pianos and organs did you hear the organs i didn't pianos? I, I didn't to be honest i'll but... have to go back to which song it was but there's there's some parts that that had organs, which reminds me of uh, Enslaved. Mm -hmm. uh, anyways, um, but yeah, I think, I just think this album, it's also rare these days to, to discover an album with this many tracks, and I love it from start to finish. Mm -hmm. No, and, I think that's very apt. Um, it's also like discovering like a cool bar or place to go on vacation and you don't want anyone else to hear about it. Like I. I like this album so much. Of course, I want everyone to listen to this album, but I also know it's not accessible and for everybody. So I like that, and I yeah. like holding that close to, to, to me. The, 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 I just think it's a great album, so uh, it's, a, it's a 9 out of 10 for me. And um, shout out to, to Matt Brown for suggesting it. Anyone else that uh, doesn't think the same, well, it's your loss. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm going to come in at the same that I gave the uh, artwork, and that's a seven. I think that it's... I mean, I, I do think this is a really, really good album. Um, I think for all the reasons that we said before, like, if, if you're into melodic, like, heavier melodic music, like, you can't go much wrong than this, and you don't really need to know what's going on in the tracks to really enjoy it. 
But if you kind of go down the rabbit hole and, and, and put your own interpretation on it or read into it like we have done, it's a much more rewarding experience. Um, I think it does kind of suffer a little bit from the uh, repetition at times of the, 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 you know, we mentioned it, the eye. And I think just like these kinds of albums in general do feel slightly less accessible. And then it just comes down to a little bit of personal taste. But sure. I do think that, you know, it's maybe that's the shoegaze element they're describing. Maybe, uh, maybe. Yeah. But um, it's it's a really good listen. I've really enjoyed kind of digging into this, and it's been a, a really fun discussion. So uh, somewhere between a nine and a ten for you, and a seven for me. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Moving on from uh, that album, Oh Brother actually released an album last year called You and I. Um, in 2020 um, which we'll need to have a little listen to um, and then I've gone and tried to find a couple of set lists or the last set list that I could find for the band now they, they played um, I think that Slay at Home Fest or whatever it was it was some sort of um, remote uh, show but I found one um, that was from a a private venue in Atlanta, Georgia, nice. on May the 1st of 2020, last year. Oh, um, wow. Underneath it says Note, and it was an acoustic set broadcast from Tanner Merritt's house in celebration of the release for you and I. And so this isn't a great, this isn't a great set list to, to pick from, but from that eight song um, set list, they did uh, I Am Become Death. And, acoustic? Yeah. Oh, and, wow, I'm going to find that. And Burn, which... Um, think was uh, the fifth track mm-hmm. um and then just going one step further songs played total in the top 20 um let's have a little look down here bloodlines it's the 10th most played track um with 18 now again you know same caveat as always this is just from one source um there may be more um so bloodlines in at 10 complicated end times which we didn't touch on too much during the um, review there but uh, a really good track from the album definitely deserves a mention yep super jeff buckley outro on that one so that came in tied 11th with 14 times um i am become death 15th with 13 uh black hole with 18 uh, and burn comes in at 21st so just outside the the top 20 with six again you know we um we don't know how in-depth this uh uh, website is but uh i think they could tour and just play this album start to finish oh yeah I, and i would just be like in ecstasy i was thinking to myself like what would a show be like this would be a this would be a show that i'd like to sit down for yeah you know, like, <laughs> there he is you know it's <laughs> all right pops <laughs> yeah but you're not gonna... with a cup of tea with a cup of cuppa i mean you're not gonna move to this though are you it's, no it's it's, it's, it's like you want to kind of sit and soak up oh, the ambience yeah, yeah, yeah. like it would no, I be agree. i agree i agree that would be incredible um albums i wonder if you could make it through the whole set have you seen some of the live footage no. You got to, you got to, there's, there's studio footage of them, videos of them performing in a studio. And he, I, I swear he looks like he's about to burst. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah, we'll he's... check that out. Anyway, Endless Light comes in at second, uh, in second place on albums that are featured live um, in their entire, not in their entirety, but in their career. 
now Garden Window, which I think was their debut, mm-hmm. um, which I, I remember Matt Brown recommended that one to us as well. So the song Endless Light is second performed no, live? album. Oh, God. Album. So 92 times songs off Endless Light have been played, and that's, you know, I mean, Garden Window, 355 times songs have been played off that. So Okay. Um, there you go. Um, right. That's about it, dudes. Um, thanks for joining me on that one. Yeah, Real fun good stuff. Good one, good one. Um, if you guys like what you're hearing, please remember, uh, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Um, you can find us on all the usual, uh, platforms, anywhere you get your pods, um, follow, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and email us at metal show, metal recall podcast at gmail.com for any, uh, suggestions or feedback. All right, dude. Cheers. Until Cheers. next time. Success.